Riley drops back, looks, looks, dances, and throws, and he's going deep down the field. Oh, what a catch by Darrell Walker, who skips his way to the end zone. He'll drop it off to Pouillon, twists it back to McDavid, inside to Everly, reach out, score! Three, nothing, Jordan Everly from Connor McDavid, and the Oilers are pouring it on, Craig Anderson and the hapless Senators. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports, with Reed Wilkins, on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chet. So... There's one trade that we don't have to wait for Monday. Andrew Ladd has been traded by Winnipeg to Chicago, along with farmhands Jay Harrison and Matt Fraser. Yes, that Matt Fraser, who was with the Oilers last season. Winnipeg gets prospect Marco Dano. He's played a few games in the NHL, has mostly been in the minors. He was drafted 27th overall by Columbus in 2013. The Jets also getting a first-rounder in 2016 and a conditional draft pick. Winnipeg will retain 36% of Andrew Ladd's salary. So there we go. Andrew Ladd on the market. He goes back to Chicago where he won a Grey Cup. Or a Grey Cup. I got football on the mind because we got a football player later. He won a Stanley Cup in 2010. Game night for the Edmonton Oilers taking on the Los Angeles Kings. The face-off show will start at 7. The game is at 8.30 as the Oilers try to end this ugly five-game slide. They've lost four in a row in regulation, 0-4-1 over those five games. And head coach Todd McClellan knows the Kings another tough test. You know, shots will be at a premium. They defend real well. They, they're strong along the boards. They roll around in the offensive zone. So a lot of real uh, real good things that uh, the LA Kings have done for years and they're experienced at it. It's not like they're trying to implement it into their game. So uh, they're almost like a photocopier. The puck drops, they play the same way night in and night out. And that allows them to be successful. So we're going to have to be strong in a lot of areas. Um, it won't always go our way. There will be some down periods throughout the game. It happens all the time. Uh, those moments will be real important. How do we respond during and then immediately after and um, that's uh, in my opinion that's keeping your hand and having a pushback all right that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan love that line the LA Kings are almost like a photocopier they play the same way night in night out and it certainly has worked for them one of the best teams in the NHL over the last several seasons thanks for tuning in tonight it is 609 inside sports on 630 Chet also on this abbreviated show we will have Chris Getzlaff receiver for the Edmonton Eskimos. He does the opposite of what a lot of people have been doing this summer. He goes from the Rough Riders to the Eskimos. Eight-year veteran, the green and gold lock him up in free agency. He's had some pretty good seasons, a little older now, had some injury troubles last season, but he's hoping to help Edmonton in 2016. And Brett Ferguson will join us as well from the U of A Golden Bears. Uh, He's going to talk a little bit about his uh, life away from Claire Drake Arena as well. Pretty interesting young man who keeps busy with hockey and some of the other endeavors he has on the go. The Golden Bears weekend series against Mount Royal. The winner goes to Nationals. It's the Canada West semifinal, but two teams from the conference go. So uh, whoever wins the semi will go to the National Tournament. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We're going to bring in Nick Nixon from the uh, L.A. Kings broadcast booth in a couple of minutes. Let's start it off here with a quick look at uh, the NHL scoreboard, though. Here's what's happening so far tonight. Do I dare use the NHL website? Why? I, it's habit. I'm still going to it. I'm now not going to it. I'm getting off it. Uh, Pretty sad when you can't use the league's website for scores. Minnesota and Philadelphia are tied 1-1 early in the second period. 
Columbus leads New Jersey 3-1. They are six minutes into the second period. Late in the first, Carolina and Toronto 1-1. Arizona and Florida 1-1 late in the first. Still to come, Rangers and St. Louis, Nashville and Chicago, Winnipeg and Dallas. The Islanders take on Calgary, Ottawa's in Vancouver, and, of course, Edmonton and L.A. right here on 630. Chad, your scoreboard, courtesy of Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call 310-GLASS today. Please to bring in from the L.A. Kings broadcast booth, Welcome him back to Inside Sports on 630 Chet, Nick Nixon. Nick, how are you doing, sir? Uh, good read, uh, good read. Good to talk to you again. Uh, I, what is that bell going off? Do you hear oh, that? Oh, it's pregame rehearsal here okay. at Staples. Uh, we, the scoreboard goes crazy. Just whenever we do an interview or go on the air live, it gets loud in here. It never fails to amaze me. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> it was we're like... what? Two hours. Two hours from game time, and there is still uh, noise in the building. You know? uh, I, I, I love that. It's like you have your own sound effects person traveling, traveling around. <laughs> traveling around with you. What, what's it like doing games in, in that building, Nick? I mean, do you often show up when it's still a basketball court, and then in a couple hours the hockey rink's in front of you? Yeah, it's a busy building. Uh, I think it's the only building in North America that has three pro teams going on uh, during the hockey-slash-basketball season with, of course, uh, the Clippers and Lakers and the Kings. Uh, we play a lot of Saturday uh, night and Saturday afternoon games during the year. Saturday has traditionally been a, a Kings night uh, for games here in Los Angeles. And uh, many times when, when we have the 1 o'clock afternoon game, uh, we're doing our post-game show, and then we do a talk show. And by the time we're done with the talk show, if there's a basketball game that night, it's amazing how fast they can convert it from ice to uh, to to the basketball court. It takes them about an hour and 45 minutes. So by the time we get off the air on those afternoon games, I mean, they're about ready to play uh, basketball and, and open the doors for, for another 18,000 people. So uh, it's a, a changeover. We have a lot of uh, weekends here where it's Friday night Lakers uh, and then Saturday afternoon night, uh, either Kings Clippers, vice versa, and then Sunday night uh, Lakers. So, yeah, busy building. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting stuff for sure. Uh, Nick, the breaking trade of the hour here is that Andrew Ladd going from Winnipeg to Chicago. If people just tuning in, uh, forward Matt Fraser and defenseman Jay Harrison also going to Chicago. They're going to be uh, on the farm. Matt Fraser had a stint with the Oilers last year. Winnipeg gets a prospect, uh, Marco Dano. They also get Chicago's first-round pick in 2016 and a conditional pick in 2018. I have yet to see the conditions for that, but obviously it's a couple of years down the road. I mean, uh, they're not in the same division, but because of their playoff success, the Kings and the Blackhawks have developed a rivalry uh, over the years. So I, I assume this is uh, resonating in L.A. as well, that the Hawks are getting a little stronger today. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they get a player, of course, they're very familiar with. Uh, he was with them when they won that uh, cup, their first of the, the three recently in 2010. So, yeah, a real good fit. And, uh, you know, like a lot of the teams that have had success, uh, like the Blackhawks and the Kings, you even throw the Bruins in there, uh, who won the cup in 2011. These teams have to deal with a cap issue uh, because they've had the success. And uh, when you have a successful team, you've got players that are doing well and they want to get paid accordingly. So hats off to the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, uh, even with all the cap issues, uh, remember after they won it in 2010, they had to dismantle just about half the roster because they couldn't fit it under uh, going ahead. And uh, it's the same situation uh, the last uh, the last two times they've won the Cup. So, yeah, they get a, a guy 
guy they're very familiar with. Uh, I know they reacquired to Christopher Stieg, uh, who's no longer with them, obviously. But, you know, uh, having a uh, familiar uh, face in the lineup and a, a seasoned veteran with playoff success only is going to uh, make them uh, deeper and better come playoff time. Nick Nixon, L.A. Kings broadcaster, joining us tonight. Inside Sports on 630. Chet, in terms of L.A.'s approach at the trade deadline here, which is coming up Monday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, how active do you think uh, Los Angeles might be? I, I mean, everybody wants more depth. Everybody would love to have another defenseman for sure. The Kings brought in LeCavier and Luke Shen earlier in the year. Do you think they're still looking to do something in the next couple of days? Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I, you mentioned uh, Shen and LeCavier. Uh, they were acquired uh, over a month ago, early January. And a lot of people speculated, would that be it for the Kings? But I still think that if there's the right deal out there for a veteran left-shooting defenseman, Dean Lombardi will seriously consider it. I know there are a lot of possible uh, candidates, guys that are going to be UFAs after the season that could be on the radar. Uh, I think that right now is still the priority, even though they did acquire a veteran in, in Luke Shen who's played very well. On the right side, uh, lately with Alec Martinez, so that would be uh, my educated guess. But you know, if there's and I don't know if they're out there, a Carter or a Gabrick, uh, two other deadline deals that Dean has made over the years, uh, I'm sure they would consider that because we're at the same uh, situation. It seems uh, every every year, the last six, seven years, heading into the trade deadline, Kings looking for more scoring. And now, will it come from there? From their current group, uh, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, the bottom line, Reed, is uh, I think if there is a veteran left shooting defenseman, the Kings uh, might uh, might make a play for him. Nick Nixon joining us, 616 Inside Sports on 630. Chad Nick doing play-by-play for the Los Angeles Kings. It, next year, Kopitar is going to – his cap hit's going to go up to $10 million from 6.8. Uh, Brown and Carter are both making over five. Uh, Dowdy signed long-term at seven. Martinez and Muzzin signed long-term at, at four each. You know, that's a fair bit of money tied up in several guys, certainly the core of the team. Of course, Jonathan Quick, the outstanding goaltender, $5.8 million for the next few years. Is is there a, a complementary forward here that, that, that might be available in the summer, either through a trade or, you know, a couple unrestricted free agents just because Milan Lucic is going to be a UFA. Uh, I mean, is that is, is that something that that, uh, that you're going to have to consider in the summer, maybe parting with someone who's been, you know, a key part of this team, maybe in a depth role, but still a key part over the last few years? Yeah, I think it's very, very possible. Uh, I think now that the Kopitar deal is done, uh, the focus is on Milan Lucic. I think they would love to have him back. So uh, hopefully they get that done before July 1st if it does work out. And I, and I know both sides would, would love to, to continue in this arrangement of Lucic being a king. We'll see. But I, I think with Kopitar done, now it's Lucic. And once they know what that contract is going to be, uh, and based on how they do in the playoffs, they may look to maybe tweak things. And, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think maybe some of the younger players that have established themselves at the NHL level on this team, uh, I'm just throwing out, throwing out names here. I'm not saying they're going to be available, but you know, guys that are 25, 26 or under, like a Tanner Pearson, like a Dwight King, um, 
I don't think Toffoli would be in that mix only because of his uh, his ability to, to score, and he always seems to get scoring chances. So, yeah, I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. Uh, I, I think the Kings are to the point now where they realize with a veteran group of guys that uh, is their core, if they're going to maintain that. Uh, and, and they might have to move, uh, Reed, they may have to move one of those younger players just to get uh, Lucic in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they may have to move someone for maybe a pick uh, just because they're not going to have the cap room, and that would force you know, bringing up uh, a young forward next year that's been in the system for a couple of years. All right, and before I let you go, uh, Nick, i, I, I got to ask uh, your broadcasting colleague, Bob Miller, who also calls play-by-play for the L.A. Kings. Uh, we, we love when we have him on the show as well. I, I, I still love the story he told me last spring about how he got to be on Cheers as the voice of uh, calling a hockey <laughs> game on that on that old on that old sitcom. I, I know he, uh, he he's having a little bit of health issues. How is he doing? You know, it's interesting, Reed. Um, I saw him earlier today. I, I stopped by his house. First time I had seen him since his surgery, which was uh, three weeks ago, uh, Tuesday. And uh, he looks good. Uh, you know, he's still a little uncomfortable uh, trying to sleep solidly for seven, eight hours. He sleeps upstairs, goes down, lies on the couch downstairs, watches some TV. But his spirits are good. He looks good. And uh, we're, we're all very pleased that the surgery went well. And fortunately, before he had the surgery, he had quadruple bypass. Uh, there was no damage to the heart before the surgery. So that, I guess, is key when you're, when you're approaching something as serious as bypass. So, again, uh, uh, he looks great. Uh, it, it was wonderful to see him again. And he's on the road to recovery. And uh, for that type of surgery, they tell us six to eight weeks, which takes us to the end of the regular season. So we'll, we'll see if he's back this year, if not for sure next year, for year 50 for the Kings in the NHL. Right on. Nick, thanks for making time for us tonight. It sounds like now your personal band is warming up, so I better let you go give them some <laughs> yeah, tips Yeah, I've got to go warm up. Yeah, my bass player is here. I'm on lead vocals tonight. <laughs> Nick, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, see you guys. That is Nick Dixon checking in tonight. He does play-by-play for the L.A. Kings. Andrew Gross from the Afternoon News. Every time a bell rings, a sports guy gets his wings. We we had a bell in the background. We had the we had the band. I think we had the buzzer at some point. It was a uh, a potpourri of sound effects during the Nick Nixon interview. So Andrew Ladd has been traded to the Chicago Blackhawks. That's the breaking news tonight. He's a UFA after the season as the Hawks uh, try to stay strong for another run at the Stanley Cup. Still ahead, Chris Getzlaff. He signed with the Eskimos today. It's six twenty one. Inside Sports on Chet. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. The Scotties today, Alberta winning 8-2 over Nova Scotia. Back at it tonight against Saskatchewan. Alberta doing well 8-2 up in Grand Prairie. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 624. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chad. The Oilers and the Kings on this very station. Still over two hours until this one is going to start. Todd McClellan did not reveal any details about his lineup for tonight's game, except to say Cam Talbot will be in net, and then Anders Nielsen will likely play tomorrow against the Anaheim Ducks. Jujar Kara has been called up from the farm. Judging by the lines yesterday and the defense pairings, I think there's a pretty good chance that uh, Justin Schultz could be scratched. 
Maybe Adam Clendenning comes back in. We will see. And it looks like Zach Cassian will be on a line with Taylor Hall and Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, Lander was playing center yesterday at practice, so maybe Korpakoski comes out, maybe Pakarinen comes out, uh, maybe uh, maybe both if uh, if Lander plays. So we'll uh, we'll know a little bit more about that later on. I know somebody just texted in uh, that Purcell might be scratched. He was lower down in the lineup. I I don't know if he's going to be scratched. We'll see. It was an optional skate today for uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. Good stuff there with uh, Nick Nixon, and yeah, for sure, all the best. Uh, uh, for for uh, for Bob Miller, great guy, uh, excellent broadcaster. He's been with the Los Angeles Kings since the '70s, so uh, he had quadruple bypass surgery. Hope he feels better soon. Andrew Ladd has been traded from Winnipeg to Chicago, along with Jay Harrison and Matt Fraser, for Marco Dano, a first-round pick this summer and a conditional draft pick in 2018. Winnipeg will retain 36% of Andrew Ladd's salary. So there is one big name already off the market for Monday. We'll have special trade deadline coverage Monday here on 6.30. Ched. We'll start at 11 in the morning. We'll start earlier if the Oilers do anything before that, and we'll go in the uh, into the afternoon through the Oilers now time slot and maybe later. Uh, depending on when things die down. So keep that in mind for Monday. You can tune in and get everything you need from us. Matthew Panashik is the studio producer this evening. Matthew, how are you doing, buddy? Good. Getting ready for the Oilers game, of course. we got a big game. I know you've been working a lot lately, so thanks for sticking with us. No I, problem. I, I saw you just eating coffee grounds earlier today to stay awake. You're it's not delicious. Even, not even brewing it, just eating coffee. Love that stuff, man. Can't get enough of it. <laughs> Our phone number is 780-496-0063. You can text us at any time to 630-630. Follow me on Twitter. At Oilers Now. Or uh, that's Bob's show. Man, I used to work on that show. At Reed Wilkins. The email, insidesports at 630ched.com. Just a one-hour show tonight, but we still have a lot to get to. Chris Getzlaff, the new and newest Edmonton Eskimo, is ahead, as is Brett Ferguson, forward for the U of A Golden Bears. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Well, that's fitting, Ryan Nugent Hopkins bringing us back because our, our next guest was a junior teammate of the Nuge. By the way, we got Oilers uh, coverage coming up in half an hour. Face-off show, Oilers and Kings We'll uh, face off at 8.30. Reed Wilkins with you. Pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports from the U of A Golden Bears hockey team, Brett Ferguson. Brett, how are you doing tonight? Hey, Reed. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, good to, good to, good to talk to you. Nice to catch up with you again. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins must have been pretty cool playing with him as, as he became uh, you know, a number one pick and one of the best players uh, in the WHL at that time. Yeah, that was awesome. He was he was a lot of fun to watch, and uh, yeah, actually his his 16 year old year we were we were line mates, and um, and then uh, and then uh, well the whole time he lived right across the street from me, so we became pretty good buddies. And we've uh, I was actually over at his place last night. We were just playing some video games, so we've we've kind of kept that friendship going. Well, that's nice to hear. And, and and they're pretty busy, but he's checked out a couple Bears games over the years, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, and he was telling me he's coming this weekend. So he uh, he says it's an awesome atmosphere, and 
I'm sure most fans would say that when the when the Drake gets packed, there's not not a better place to watch a game. Well, I was at the game. Well, I actually went to both of your games against Saskatchewan. The Friday night game, I did inside sports from the rink, and I looked up just in time to see that pane of glass break. That was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I didn't see that happen either, but I, there was a big scrum going on during there, and I don't know if a fan, uh, if he hit it just right in the perfect spot or if he, how that happened, but it was that was kind of, that was pretty bizarre. I mean, you think of glass breaking, and it's usually, you know, from the game of hockey causing that, not not just some fans banging on it, but that was awesome. Yeah, well, sometimes the fans, especially in that particular section to the left of the visitors' net. Uh, may have a little extra fuel that makes them a little rowdier. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even think of that. I guess I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't even know they sold beer. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, they do. Uh, yeah. though, though, I mean, when, that's been going. I mean, I I started going to games in the early '90s when I was a student at the U of A, and it's always often been the guys from St. Joe's College that sit in that section. Sometimes there aren't a lot of them, but sometimes there can be. You know, yeah. twenty guys there. Do you notice the chants that they're doing towards the other team and getting on the other team's goalie? Because they're actually quite oh, yeah. funny sometimes. Oh yeah, we love it. We uh, when they get the, they start yelling the goalie's name or they start calling him a sieve. I, I love it. Um, like our our GM there and even our, our coach last year, Ian Herbers, and and I guess Serge now too. They told us that that's been going on since they were playing, like back in. 91 like they, they they would be cheering like that so that's pretty cool that that's kind of that tradition's kind of stayed alive yeah it is it is pr- pretty humorous and then they never at least at least when i've been there they never make it dirty or anything that would be offensive but just like you said the other guy's name or start the yeah. bus chance or, or funny little things like that so it's, it's it's pretty cool uh brett ferguson joining us from the u of a golden bears hockey team so this weekend they play mount royal it's a canada west semi-final but the top two teams from canada west go to Nationals. So if they win the series, they're off to Nationals. Once again, they've won the last two. 7 o'clock tomorrow, 6 o'clock Saturday. If they need a Game 3, at 6 o'clock on uh, Sunday. Brett, you are the, the, the pride and joy. Is it Vibank, Saskatchewan? Yeah, Vibank, Saskatchewan. It's about uh, 25 minutes southeast of Regina. Just a little town, 500 people. So what was your first sport as a kid? Was it, was it hockey or football? Yeah, it was, it was definitely hockey. We didn't even our school wasn't even big enough to have um, a football team, so I didn't even get to play football. I played I played hockey in the winter and baseball in the summer. It was just just the way it went. Well, there's a pretty strong baseball community around the province of Saskatchewan too. I mean, I used to work in Lloydminster, and I, I know even even up you know men's baseball, a lot of pretty good teams in Saskatchewan. You know, most of out of Saskatoon and Regina, but some of the smaller communities as well. Yeah, for sure. It, it's it's competitive because um, I mean the summer the summer is obviously not as long as as what the the American kids would have down there, but it's uh, it's kind of you see a lot of real good athletes playing hockey, and then it's the same guys that are playing baseball. So you, it's kind of fun. Like um, I grew up playing hockey. Uh, you know, I, I was from Vibank. I played in the next town over. It's called White City Emerald Park. It's just outside of the city and. One of our biggest rivalries, rivals uh, for hockey was a team that Jordan Eberle played on. He was growing up playing in Regina. And then 
it was the same thing in baseball. He was the best player on the ba- the, the baseball team too. So you just see like so many guys you play in hockey, and then you'd be like, oh, I thought I had enough of this guy, and then <laughs> he's, you get him in baseball too. <laughs> well, that's that's a great story. You see the yeah. same same good athletes in in uh, in in two different sports. Now, were you? Uh, l- let me ask. I, I ask this to everybody. Uh, from Saskatchewan, were you quickly indoctrinated into the uh, Rough Rider culture? You know, was your family the, a green and white family? Yeah, I don't. I didn't even have a choice. I wasn't given a given an option. I, uh, I, but I loved going to the games growing up. My uncles would take me, or we'd go as a family sometimes. And um, it's, I, I don't know how to put it other than we don't have much else to cheer for. <laughs> there we don't we don't have the you know an nhl team or something so everybody kind of jumps on board and it's actually really cool uh going to a rider game in regina because the whole city kind of turns green for the day no the the team's been very good for about the last decade but they were three and 15 last year so when the riders have an off year do you get a little apathetic or are you one of those fans that is like okay i'm still gonna watch and and i gotta figure out how we're gonna fix this next year How, how did you deal with this past season yeah, you know what? I I try to be a, a not not a fair weather fan because that that fair weather fans kind of bug me. But um, it was it was tough sometimes when I when I knew they were going to be playing against the uh, the Eskimos or something like that, and I knew it probably wasn't going to go well <laughs> to, to watch the game because you don't want to see your favorite team getting smacked around. Right. But uh, I yeah, when you have a bad season like that in Regina, you go and you hire the entire Grey Cup winning coaching staff and, you know, <laughs> so, steal them from the Eskimos. You had to bring that up. Okay. Yeah. Well, Chris Getzlaff's going to be on with me in a few minutes. I guess they, that's one guy the Eskimos took. Uh, Brett yeah, Ferguson. Yeah, I saw he signed today. What's that? I, yeah, I actually just saw that he had signed with the Eskimos today. He's the next cool. guest, so there you go. <laughs> okay, right on. Uh, Brett Ferguson from the Golden Bears hockey team joining us uh, on Insp- Inside Sports. Their playoff series starts seven o'clock tomorrow night at Claire Drake against Mount Royal. Uh, you're you're in your your fifth year, which I, which I know probably comes with some uh, some mixed emotions. And I I know you're you're pretty busy away from the rink and you're involved in stuff, which is part of the the Golden Bears culture as well. Tell us a little bit, and I hope I'm I've got the abbreviation right. You're in something called the UAB. What what is that exactly, and why is it important? Yeah, so um, they, it's kind of been a like you said, it's kind of a tradition that the a lot of the players are involved with uh, a lot of extracurricular stuff off the ice. And um, what I'm involved in is, I guess, I'm our our team representative for the university athletics board, and uh, they just kind of form a good relationship between um, the students' union as a whole and and the different athletic teams around the U of A because the athletics does rely on, you know, students um, paying tuition and students coming to games and stuff like that for, for funding and uh, to have a good relationship between different student groups and the, the university athletics board is huge. And um, it also, it also helps to bring together the athletes. Uh, I know I don't get to interact with, um, you know, the volleyball players or the basketball players or whatever, very often but then with the university athletics board you get to you get these these parties and different events that bring together athletes and uh and and do um and do things together and you get to meet some of them and the the uab they also do a lot of things like uh they organize you know stallery visits uh the children's hospital and going to 
reading weeks at at the schools around town um different things like clothing and food drives and uh and a lot of a lot of going to help kids with uh staying active and and making good choices so there's a lot of good things that the the uab does and i've been happy to be a part of it yeah well you you keep busy and uh are you not also involved with uh with big brothers and big big sisters this year yeah i uh signed up to do that because um I kind of had a lighter, lighter school year in terms of school or in terms of uh, classwork. So, I um, I signed up to do that, and I, I've it's been an awesome, awesome thing for me so far. Just because uh, I get to hang out with uh, my, I guess he's my little brother once a week for an hour, hour and a half, and I learn a lot from him, and I I hope that he learns some stuff from me. And uh, I know that they the Big Brothers Big Sisters program at Edmonton does a lot of good things in terms of just providing. Um, youth with with good mentors and and things like that, but you know they are they are short on volunteers. So I do I try and urge my my teammates and my friends to get involved with that sort of thing. Now has your little brother come to a Golden Bears game? He's coming to his first one tomorrow night. So I'm pretty excited that he'll be he'll be there to watch. Well, that's awesome. And well, I should ask you just quickly, Mount Royal. Uh, I don't think I've seen Mount Royal play in person. Since I uh, since they've joined the the Canada West, they've certainly done better than I than I thought they would have done. And I always hear that they're an extremely hardworking team. Yeah, and you nailed it. Um, they're they're extremely hardworking. They they have a, a coach that just you know gets the best out of their players. And uh, I think this is their fourth year. In, yeah, fourth year in Canada West since coming over from the ACAC. And uh, they've just progressively got better. They've been you know, a couple years that in the league, and they've been able to recruit some good Western League talent, and uh, they've just they just keep getting better and better. And they work, like you said, they work hard. So um, that's something we we've definitely prepared for. And you know, we like to think that we're the hardest working team in the CIS, so we don't get outworked. That's uh, that's kind of how we approach that. Well. All the best. I hope you guys get it done and qualify for nationals uh, again. I know you'd still have the Canada West final, but this is a significant series. Uh, somebody has texted in before I let you go, Brett. They are trying to follow you on Twitter, and they can't. Do you have one of those counts where you have to accept somebody's follow? Oh, yeah, I do. I do have one of those ones. Okay, I'll, just to, uh, just to make sure everybody is uh, normal trying to follow you, right? <laughs> Well, no, I just I didn't know if anybody would want to see my tweets. I didn't I didn't know if I had anything good to say, so I didn't want someone to judge me on my my tweeting. Maybe I'll, I'll unlock my account and someone can see if I have anything funny to say. Okay, there you go, <laughs> Brett. Thanks for taking time for us. You know, great stuff you're doing with the Bears and obviously away from the rink as well. Really appreciate your time. Okay, thanks a lot. That is Brett Ferguson checking in tonight. Wow, that was fun to talk to him, and uh, let's hope it's a good weekend for him and the Bears on the ace. I guess this will be his final uh, home weekend with the U of A, win or lose, so that's going to be emotional as well. 7 o'clock tomorrow, 6 o'clock Saturday at Claire Drake against Mount Royal. You can text us at 630-630. Andrew Ladd has been traded to Chicago. We have the Oilers face-off show coming up at 7. We have new Eskimo Chris Getzlaff when we get back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chat. Thanks for tuning in tonight. The face-off show will start in about 14 minutes to get you ready for the Oilers and the Kings. Not sure what the Oilers lineup is going to be. Bob Stoffer 
will join me. Reed Wilkins with you. The game will start at 8.30. Thanks to uh, Brett Ferguson for joining us tonight. Thanks to Matt Gooch from the uh, U of A Sports Information Department for lining up that interview as well. You've also heard from Nick Nixon tonight. We will now hear from a guy who is the newest Edmonton Eskimo free agent receiver Chris Getzlaff after several years in Saskatchewan signing with the Eskimos today. Chris, welcome to 630 Chet. How are you doing? Uh, could be better. It's an exciting time. Well, congratulations on, on joining the Eskimos. Tell us a little bit about what the last couple of weeks have been like being a free agent and I'm sure weighing some off options and, and I'm guessing dealing with a little uncertainty as well. Yeah, it. Uh, you know what, the first few days of free agency was a uh, uh, I would say a little nerve-wracking because uh, it was a situation that I hadn't been in before in my career. And, you know, I thought that uh, something was going to transpire right away, and it didn't, um, which made it a little unsettling. But at then at the same time, it kind of uh, just make you, makes you take a step back and, and uh, appreciate the whole process and um, makes you that much more excited when it comes. So did you not get the memo? This was the off season where everybody left Edmonton and went to Saskatchewan, not the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I miss. I guess I missed that, but uh, I was already there. So if you, the other memo was that everyone in Task was also leaving. So, <laughs> um, in, in terms of uh, you know, you, you played a, you played a long part of your seat. You played all your career eight years with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders where the Edmonton Eskimos have been, um, you know, one of the, the team's chief rivals. What goes through an athlete's mind uh, sort of reconciling the fact that, that he's going to the other side of the fence and maybe a side of the fence that uh, he perhaps had grown to dislike a little bit? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, that, that is the thing. You know, I'm born and raised in Regina and I had uh, – uh, was blessed with the opportunity to to play here as long as I have and um, have an opportunity to win a Grey Cup in my hometown and uh, but uh, with that you know you you have a, a lot of games against West Western Division opponents including the Edmonton Eskimos so um, I, I definitely don't think that I've ever grown a, a hate for it at any point in time but um, they're always rivals that you're that you're trying to beat and now I'm uh, looking forward to the opportunity to be on that side of things and. Uh, try to beat up on my hometown. Chris, how are you feeling? Uh, I know last year uh, you had some injury troubles. I think you only played ten games. Uh, tell us a little bit about the injury and just uh, and and your uh, your health and your and your status coming into camp here in a couple of months. Yeah, unfortunately, I was uh, I tore a part, portion of uh, my plantar fascia in my left foot last year, and it uh, ended up uh, giving me troubles two different times and. Uh, had me had me miss a significant amount of time for for the first time in my career. Um, you know, it was a uh, it was different, and it was uh, unfortunate having to go through it. But I think I've been uh, pretty blessed in this league with uh, how I've been able to uh, stay healthy for the most part. And I'm looking forward to being right back on that track. So I'm uh, I'm feeling good. I've been working out full go, and uh, I'm ready to roll. How did you deal with that? I know that's always tough on athletes, often as much mentally as the physical recovery. How, how did you deal with it, just not being able to play, knowing that all your teammates were out there week after week and, and you kind of got to be a spectator? Uh, it's tough. You know, it's a, it's a different side of the ball. But uh, at the same time, you know, I approached it uh, 
as a, it was a work day every single day and I would go in there and uh, do everything that I can to help make the team better. And, you know, sometimes that is uh, sitting amongst the receivers and giving uh, your insight on uh, different plays and different opportunities is, are going to be coming up each and every week. And, um, you know, having the experience that I have in the league, it uh, it allows you to express some of those things to some newer players that might be getting an opportunity because of your situation. Chris Getzlaff joining us on Inside Sports, signed today with the Edmonton Eskimos. Chris, what do you hope to contribute to this team? You, you know, you've had 2,000-yard seasons in your career, a couple others where you were very close. Uh, this is a team that has Walker and Bowman coming back who were great last year where do you think you're going to fit in and, and what do you hope to to add to the roster uh, i'm hoping to add uh starting abilities to the roster you know i know that you have uh a great there well we have a a great receiving core already and uh coming in being a part of that i, I hope to be a large part of it and large part of that success you know and uh you have a, a head coach in jason moss who uh had all kinds of success last year as an offensive coordinator in ottawa that was very successful in moving the ball around and moving the ball, period. You know, it's uh, it's really something to look forward to, jumping into an offense like that with the kind of weapons that are already in place. All right, just a couple other for uh, a couple a couple more for you here, Chris. Which Eskimo on defense are you most relieved that you will now not have to play against in games? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a few players out there that, uh, on that on our squad now that uh that have that kind of ability that, that makes it a little bit of a headache on uh on an opposition but you know uh odell is one of them and uh jc Sherrod. i mean uh i think that uh i think that uh our defense is pretty loaded so uh don't want to really uh pigeonhole anyone odell willis talks a lot if you're not prepared for that <laughs> oh i'm prepared i played with them for i played with them before oh, and i guess course. played against them numerous years so um, I, I actually absolutely enjoy it, so I'm looking forward to that. You have almost 27,000 Twitter followers. Uh, are you interesting on Twitter? Uh, I think I need to be be more interesting. <laughs> uh, I can't say that I'm I can't say that I'm engaged as as much as a lot of other people are, and you know that's something to work on. And how soon are you going to change your uh, your avatar and your background picture? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of things that haven't even crossed my mind yet, and you're bringing them to my attention, so I'm going to have to uh, look into doing that in, uh, in the near future here. Yeah, I'm really being too hard on you for your first interview as an Eskimo, but <laughs> just just uh, wondered if that goes through a guy's mind when he changes teams. Well, Chris, again, welcome to uh, Edmonton. Glad to see you as an Eskimo, and I'm sure we'll do this again once we get into the season. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. That is Chris Getzlaff signing today with the Edmonton Eskimos. All right, we got a break for the news. Then we got the City Fort Faceoff show to get you ready for the Oilers and the Kings at 8.30. Besides Chris Getzlaff, you also heard from Golden Bears forward Brett Ferguson and L.A. Kings play-by-play voice Nick Nixon. The studio producer for Inside Sports, Matthew Panashik, will have a half-hour edition of the show tomorrow before the Oilers and the Ducks. Bob Stoffer is going to join me next. Thanks for listening tonight.